You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? All right. This is season three, episode 15, also known as episode 51. So we're starting uh, year two of this terrible war. And uh, is it going to end anytime soon? Well, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I mean, it could if the Russians just decide it was a bad idea, but that doesn't seem to be in their... Uh... In their nature, it doesn't seem like they're going to pack it in. Uh, I don't know what the end game will be for them. I mean, they just keep throwing more and more people into the uh, into the meat grinder, the abattoir, right? And uh, hmm. and, and Joe, Joe Biden, yeah, yeah Joe Biden. He uh, he went to uh, he secretly flew to Poland. Then he had to drive for like an hour or two to get to a train station. Then he took like a 10 hour train ride to get to Kiev, you know, so it seemed like the, the meeting went very well, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, I, I don't think people realize how unusual it is. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, for an American president to, uh, to go to a place like that is, is extraordinary. I mean, they, they, the last time an American president was really near, like a live war would have been like Lincoln going to the outskirts of Washington. Mm. And, uh, and then, you know, Roosevelt went to North Africa, but that was after the fighting had essentially ended, mm-hmm. you know, and Truman went to Europe at the end of uh, world war two, but the fighting had, had ended, you know, they, they, when they had the big overseas meetings during world war two, they were always in what had been a war zone six months or a year previous but to actually be in a place where there's a war going on is uh, extremely unusual. So mm. I, I, it's one of those things that may look more significant 50 years from now than it does now, because everything now is just sort of like, you know, who's up, who's down, you know, that, you know, the news coverage doesn't really seem to understand the impact of it. You mm. know, then, and then, it, then he went to Warsaw and he spoke to, uh, 30,000 people on a cold night and you know you can almost see the news coverage like you know Joe Biden talks to 30,000 people a very lively appreciative audience and here's why it's bad news for Joe Biden (laughs) well that was more than he ever got uh, during his campaign and uh and then of course the other presidential news we got some bad news about Jimmy Carter that he's Mm. going into hospice care Mm-hmm. and is refusing any further medical treatment so mm. it sounds pretty dire mm. so uh you know it, it is it sounds very much like a jimmy carter type of decision though mm. you know like that kind of rational uh logic that people never really understood when he was president so mm-hmm. uh, so um <clears throat> so i assume it'll be interesting i mean i, I mean he could you know, we could get news tonight that he passed away, or it could be weeks from now or months from now. But, sure. uh, uh, you know, we all have memories of Jimmy Carter. So, uh, sure. And, first, and, first president that many of us voted for. Yeah, that's right. And, um, it, I, I think his, uh, his stature as a president has only gone up in, uh, in the years since. I think when mm-hmm. people look back, they realize he was, 
he was an unlucky president and in some ways was very, very harshly judged. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think Be- he was beloved. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he was, um, he could be like too stern at a time when people didn't want to hear it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, then the next guy came along and said, Hey, everything's going to be wonderful. And yeah, uh, people right. liked hearing that. Yep. So, so, so in the, uh, in the game segment, we're going to go back to 1978. Oh, all right. So we'll, uh, we'll, 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 uh, glance up against the Carter administration. Okay. Then. All right. And in the meantime, um, I put in a note, maybe we uh, put the uh, absolutely the last pandemic update on hiatus until something major happens. Don't put uh, masking and uh, avoiding indoor crowds on hiatus because there's still, I think, uh, 10,000 dead every month, but uh, uh, not a lot of news. No, no. It it all seems to be like these rear guard actions now where the anti-vax people and anti-mask people now are like claiming that they were right. I mean, they're mm-hmm. still, they're sort of like the Carrie Lake of uh, <laughs> epidemiology, you know, they're, they're still fighting a battle that uh, is, is, is over. Well, it's behind us for the most right, part. Behind us for the most part. Uh, so we move into the insurrection week news and there was this uh, uh, very odd, uh, jury four person four woman uh who came out from georgia and was uh, i guess uh, allowed to speak i think that there was a judge that didn't put a gag rule on it but uh said don't talk about certain things and then she was on the news already yeah yeah that was strange um it, see it's because it was one of these special grand juries the normal grand jury rules don't really apply to it so what Mm -hmm. she was told not to talk about were were the uh the actual deliberations of the grand jury so Mm -hmm. it appears that what she said in the interviews uh didn't actually break any any laws or any court court rules or anything but just about everyone uh agrees that it was a bad idea to come out and be talking and uh and as you said, she came off as kind of odd. To me, she I, just comes across as most of the most of the people on my TikTok, you know, on the for you. Yeah, well, see, that's the odd thing about it too, is that she she hadn't voted in the last few elections, and she apparently had no idea about this controversy in Georgia, right? And Trump making the phone call and all that stuff. So she's one of these people who just doesn't follow the news. And I mean, she's like typical of half the country where, sure. uh, you know, they're on TikTok and doing stuff or doing, I don't know, whatever they do. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Um, they freak out on airplanes. Right. And then uh, she was, you know, giving this interview, like not really appreciating the seriousness of, mm. uh, of what she had done. And, you know, some, I saw someone on Twitter said she was giving these interviews as if she had been someone on a reality show. Right. It was like joking about the reality show. And she doesn't really seem to understand that this, this is like more than high stakes. Yeah. It's more than a, than a TV show. 
But, and somebody uh, was, oh, I think Piers Morgan was interview. Speaking of reality shows, uh, Piers Morgan was interviewing George Santos. Oh, right, right. And, yeah, uh, did you watch that or? I saw like, you know, 30 seconds of it, but he was telling him, you know, this is not a reality show. This is uh, the Congress. Well, you know, I, I think we're really kind of getting to the point where, you know, what is a reality show and is everything yeah. our reality show? I Trump mean, it, crossed it over. It, yeah, it really seems that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had uh, also breaking today, Jared and Ivanka get subpoenaed by special counsel. That's uh, Jack Smith, right? Yeah, he, he doesn't. He is the opposite of the young lady in Georgia. Mm-hmm. or uh, george yeah. santos right right <laughs> um yeah jack smith doesn't go on tv and he doesn't he doesn't giggle and laugh and uh and he doesn't and, need to inflate his resume right and he doesn't say wacky stuff he doesn't really seem to give a damn either about who uh who he goes after so by uh, going after see he wants to get grand jury testimony from these people who were around Trump on January mm-hmm. 6th and on yep. the day before. And he definitely wants to lock in that testimony so that if there's a trial, he will have sworn testimony of what, what they said. Now, Ivanka testified in front of the January 6th uh, committee. And I think she forgot everything, you know, she couldn't remember and, you know, so on. The most important thing she said was something about that she believed, you know, Barr. I mean, and then with Jared, uh, he he said that he didn't pay much attention to January sixth because he was, yeah, well, he was he flying was, to the Middle East with yeah, a uh, with a briefcase, right? He had a briefcase to fill up with cash, and right. he was a little busy being a bag man too. He was uh, uh, he was making peace in the Middle East, right? Right? Uh, yeah, two billion dollars worth. Uh, <laughs> Now, um, the people who are reporting all of this news, right? Who's the media? Um, w- there was a report, Jen Pisaki, and I don't, I never really cared for her. Uh, was the, uh, was she the Biden uh, press secretary? Yeah. Yeah. She was Biden's press secretary and uh, she, she worked in the Obama administration as some sort of uh, right someone in the press office or mm-hmm. messaging person. That's when I first became aware of her. Right. Uh, She's now going to anchor her own Sunday news program on MSNBC, right? Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks that'll, that'll start up. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be watching it. Um, you know, I've, I've stopped watching pretty much all of them. Uh, I used to watch uh, Lawrence. I used to watch, uh, well, Nicole, sometimes maybe once a week now, I might look in at the, fir- at the uh, top story. Uh, so, you know, I don't know who's going to tune in for Jen Psaki. Uh, and then, you know, the ones that they have, like uh, Don Lemon, right, got himself into trouble this week. Yeah, well, see, that, that's a, a crazy thing. Like CNN keeps changing the morning show and they have mm. this lineup now with Don Lemon, Caitlin Collins right. and Pop. Now Carlo. she's good, by the way. Caitlin Collins is good. They ought to give her a, they should have given this. I mean, I always said they should give uh, Meet the Press to Nicole Wallace. But, um, you know, if, if you're not going to do that, at least give uh, Caitlin Collins her own show. Yeah, but I, you know, the, the the thing that's odd about it is they 
you know, they, they had all this promotion about bringing the three of them together mm-hmm. and it was going to be uh, this great thing. And apparently they, the three of them really don't like each other. Or at least <laughs> the, the, the two women really don't like Don Lemon and Don oh. Lemon doesn't seem to like anybody. And it's uh, interesting. He was talking so much that in December, Caitlin Collins tried to interrupt him and he blew up on the set and reprimanded her. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the other day he referred to Nikki Haley as being past her prime. And, uh, you know, so of course that turned into like a whole, it was a fiasco. Cause they said, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess Nikki Haley was talking about the 70, 80 year old, uh, presidents and, uh, and, and she herself is what 51 or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Don Lemon said, uh, is actually older than her, apparently. Yeah. So, women yeah. are past their prime. Uh, if you Google it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the best part. Google yeah, it. He, Google it. Anybody yeah. who has access to Google can tell what I mean. And obviously it was a, you know, misogynistic comment. And the two women were kind of flabbergasted. And, uh, you know, Caitlin Collins very wisely said absolutely nothing. If you watch that that excerpt, she didn't oh, say a yeah, word. Well, yeah, well, yeah. See, she was smart enough to just stay out of yeah. it. Yeah. The other lady, um, yeah, Poppy, uh, Poppy Harlow. Harlow. She said, uh, "What exactly do you mean by that?" And uh, then she said, "Oh, uh, at least I'm, you know, I'm still in my prime because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 40, something like that." So it was very, it was very um, uh, awkward. And I don't know, I think they made him a semi-apologize or something. And then he went on a couple days off. Yeah, now they're saying that he uh, he's going to come back, but he has to go to formal training, uh-huh. which I don't know what that, you know, consists of. I mean, that's, you know, yep. I, I guess he has to like, you know, I don't, I mean, what do they do? I mean, what do they do when they formally train Don they, Lemon? You know, they, <laughs> they probably tell him, uh, you know, don't say anything that isn't specifically about yourself. So uh, let's go back now to kinder, gentler uh, times, 1978, and you have the game. Well, yeah, kind of uh, kinder, gentler. Now, I, I was, um, I guess like a lot of people, I was thinking a lot about Jimmy Carter and kind of thinking back to the Carter administration. And I was reading about uh, different things that Carter had done. And I I actually, what I was wondering about is a story you probably remember that, you know, your your old pal Hunter S. Thompson (laughs) had played a role in um, the Carter's rise to the democratic nomination. Uh, Thompson, he, I, I don't know if he attended the speech or he got a tape of it, but Carter had given a speech in 1974 in which he quoted Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And um, Hunter was very taken by that speech and wrote an essay about Jimmy Carter. And uh, he saw Carter as a different type of leader and uh, kind of, you know, made, made it sound like Carter was a, a serious candidate for president. And that got Carter a lot of attention, maybe not in the general public, but in the Washington press corps, because there were a lot of people in the press corps who paid attention to what Hunter was writing mm-hmm. at the time. So I was reading about uh, Hunter Thompson and Carter and different things around the Carter administration. And I stumbled across uh, 
an incident that I, I have no memory of this and I guess I knew about it at the time, or maybe it just was in the paper and it went right by me, but it's a, um, kind of a minor, almost like scandal in the Carter administration in the summer of 1978 there were suddenly a lot of news stories about drug use in the White House. And um, I should add, this has nothing to do with Willie Nelson. This is not, okay. the famous, this is not the famous Willie Nelson story. This was actually about two years before that, but there were all these stories about drug use in the White House that, that a number of White House uh, staffers smoked marijuana and some of them used cocaine. Now, of course, at the time, one of the interesting things, you know, of course, attitudes about drugs were different at the time, but uh, there were all these stories and reporters were asking, well, who in the White House is using marijuana and who's using cocaine? So here's what you have to figure out. Is this this Michigas or Malarkey? Mm -hmm. In the summer of 1978, Jimmy Carter wrote a memo to the White House staff telling them that they had to follow the drug laws, whether the, whether or not they agreed with the laws, they had to follow them if they were going to work in his administration. And uh, if they were using drugs, they had to stop or they would have to leave the administration. Hmm. And it was a, kind of a strange thing for a president to write a memo to the White House staff telling them, uh, knock it off with the drugs, follow mm-hmm. the law or, or get out. Now, did that really happen, or is that is that something hmm. that I have, that I have made up? Now it was 1978. Hmm. It was kind of a crazy time. There was a lot mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember 1978? I do. I don't know. I mean, I have this like buried memory. Maybe it's false of some scandal with cocaine, maybe Hamilton Jordan or somebody like that. Um, and I'm going to say that this is true. This is um, uh, Mishigas. It's uh, crazy, but true. Well, guess what? You're absolutely right. It hey! is, is Mishigas. Uh, there's a front page story in the New York Times on July 25th, 1978. The headline is Carter orders White House staff to follow drug laws or resign. Mm -hmm. It's probably the only time or maybe, well, the first time that a president would have had to do something like that. Mm. Um, What's interesting about the story is that Carter said that he didn't want to ask people if they use drugs. Like Carter had this kind of old fashioned respect for people. Mm hmm. And he said he he wasn't going to be asking people if they use drugs. Mm. Now, within a few years, drug testing became so common in America, like during the Reagan years, like mm-hmm. suddenly there was like it's huge industry in drug mm-hmm. testing. Um, now people have to take a drug test to, you know, get a job in Home Depot or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like. The idea that it was and a privacy was an violation. That the army was concerned that uh, uh, that soldiers were eating poppy seed bagels, and that could give a false positive on a drug test. Right, right. So yeah, that was just this week. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That was just this week. So I it mean, was a big. It was a big expose on. about everything bagels. But it it was funny because I was I was reading uh, I was reading stories about Hunter Thompson and Jimmy Carter. Ah. Uh. And then somehow 
I stumbled across this weird scandal that I had totally forgotten about mm -hmm. that there was a story about everybody in the White House using drugs. Now, there had been a story, which is the memory that you have, your vague memory, mm -hmm. that um, I think it was Hamilton Jordan had been at Studio 54. Yeah. Um, a few months before that. And there mm -hmm. was some story that there were drugs on the premises. Right. And he was there. So so Carter was like always being plagued by these uh, stories. And then, of course, it would be two years after that when uh, Willie Nelson would smoke a joint on the roof of the White House. Mm -hmm. So uh, Car Carter was this like, you know, figure of rectitude, but he was always being <laughs> surrounded by uh, yeah. by all this stuff. But then I, I was going back and I was reading these stories about Jimmy Carter and the New York Times archives. And uh, it, it really it's it's I mean, it's not that long ago, but it is shocking how different attitudes were. And uh, well, it was not long ago. Seventy eight is how many years ago? Forty five. Yeah, well, I mean, 45 years, right. But I mean, it, I mean, okay, it's a long time ago, but it wasn't like the 1800s. I mean, That's you know, true. it was, it, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, keep uh, the vigil on uh, President Carter and probably one of these weeks we'll have more to say about him. Let me shift into hit list or shit list. And this is an easy one for me because for the past several weeks, I bought myself a new Apple device. It's one of these... Uh, mini what is it called it's a home pod mini and uh apparently these days whenever you buy a new apple device they try to you know give you a, a free trial of apple tv now i've always avoided the apple tv um you know people told me that there's a show what is it about a soccer coach and it's yeah everybody goes on about that ted lasso, ted lasso. no interest in that whatsoever however uh i got a three-month free trial so you know the first thing i went back to see was um other than that can you think of any other apple tv shows not the john stewart but there was something the morning it show well, right. there was something called Severance. That yes, so I'm watching that. Yeah, I'm watching that now. But the first one I went to see was uh, m the morning show with um, Jennifer oh, the, Aniston. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston and, and uh, Reese Witherspoon, yeah. and and we got riveted, you know, to that and went through both seasons like just in you know a week or two. We zipped through all of the uh, episodes, and that was really uh, you know rattling. That was that was a surprising show. Uh, and I think the season three is coming up. So, you know, we'll be the, the way that that season two ended was in the middle of the pandemic. You know, like they basically they the, the, they I don't know when they recorded the, when they filmed the season, but the storyline ended like in March or April of 2020. So that's a kind of a cliffhanger. So, um, yeah, Severance was, I went, went to go take another look at it because I had seen, I think the first episode was free to anybody, uh, you know, when it first came out and I saw it and it seemed very claustrophobic, but, uh, uh, I continued on with it now and I'm like, uh, maybe half, half a dozen episodes in and it's, it's bizarre, it's weird, but uh, I'm watching it. And then lastly, there's a new series with Jason Siegel or Segel. I don't know how he pronounces it. And Harrison Ford. And so, uh, you know, I was curious to see what Harrison Ford was was doing these days other than crashing his plane. 
And um, so, you know, this turns out to be, it's called shrinking and it's about a, a, a bunch of therapists that share a, um, you know, an office space. And uh, uh, so I'm watching that. So, uh, you know, I guess the recommendation is if, if you can get any kind of a one month or three months free, uh, I'm recommending, you know, that you go back and watch some of these uh, series that, you know, have cropped up or popped up every so often. Probably people would want to see that Ted Lasso. I have no interest in it because it's sports. Uh, but um, uh, then, but beyond that, I would say I'm not really sure that it's worth, you know, a paid subscription given that I've, I'm paying for just about everything else, you know, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, you know, uh, Amazon. I mean, that's enough already. So probably after uh, the uh, the free trial, we'll probably, you know, drop it. But um, it's, you know, if you can get it to see it for a little while, then I encourage you to do that. Yeah, yeah. I I um, I generally don't want to deal with Apple at all just because I don't like them. Right. But, uh, uh, it, there was nothing on there that I was really all that interested right. in, you know, and and. You know, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, like, if if I saw some of that stuff and it was on a service I already have, I might watch it. Yes. But, you know, would I sign up for something just to watch that? I um, plenty to know, watch. You can't get bored. It's impossible to be bored anymore. You know. And uh, you know, lastly, uh, I think it was on HBO where they finally showed the uh, adaptation of Don DeLillo's White Noise. And here we are, and it's playing out in real life in uh, in Ohio with that derailment. It's like so eerie how he foresaw that whole, whole thing. Well, yeah, I guess the, uh, you know, we'll see how that, that plays out now. Oh, I mean, we're going to hear more about it, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, huge, but huge I mean, that, disaster. You know, it, it, the thing is, like, these disasters happen a lot. I mean, there's a lot of train derailments, and uh, usually it's just not as dramatic on camera. Right. So, uh, you know. That was an that, apocalyptic nightmare, just as he predicted. Right. So, there you go. So, well, hopefully, uh, you know, next week it'll be a little bit uh, less doom and gloom, but you can never really count on that. We'll just have to hang in there and see. Yeah, you never know. There could be indictments. There could be all kinds of things. That would cheer us up. <laughs> yeah, well, give us something to talk about. Sure. All right. Well, we'll talk then. Okay. Good. Take good it week. easy. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.